Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers. I have a super exciting episode for the listeners today. I'm going to be discussing the five major mistakes we see contractors making today and what you can do to turn those mistakes around. And today on the show with me is my friend and mentor, Tony Hody. Hello, Tony. Hey, Kyle. How are you? I'm fantastic. And you? Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Super excited to talk about the five mistakes the five actually major mistakes that contractors are making right now that we see when visiting our, our clients and just hearing around the industry. And so super excited to, to get in and talk to you about that. Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot to discuss here and um, eager to share what I think, you know, we can avoid hopefully so we can realize our, our potential. Yeah. And some of these aren't really big things, but doing them can get big results or, you know, hurt your results and, and not doing them can get you really big results. So um, let's just get right into it. So number five, procrastination with termination. Yeah. So I think that's a real factor affecting businesses. I know I've suffered from it in running my own retail operation, just, you know, not being quick to fire um, being slow to hire, but not being quick enough to fire, or at least quick enough to reevaluate and reposition someone within your organization um, based on the fact that they're underperforming, you know? Um, so, you know, through holding them accountable and, and, and finding out that there's, you know, underperformance taking place, you have to take action and either reposition them, get them back on target, um, or, or get them out of that role, uh, whether it's termination or whatever it takes, but you know, you can't, you know, procrastinate on that. You can't postpone the inevitable. You're just wasting time, wasting money. And, um, I see it as a, as a major mistake that, uh, a lot of our clients are making. And like I said, we've, we've made the same mistake ourselves. Absolutely have. Yeah. I always found it interesting that uh, a lot of times you're, you know, maybe even afraid to, to let that person go because they're a top or maybe even the top performer on your team, um, you know, but for attitude issues or, you know, they're constantly late and, you know, different things like that, but you're afraid to either lose the leads that they're getting or the dollars that they're selling, um, you know, or, or the good work they do do when they're there. And it's, it's usually you find out quickly, uh, after you finally do make that decision uh, to part ways or put them in a different role that uh, everything just runs really smoothly and usually somebody else steps up and either does just as good or or better than the person that you let go once that uh, cancer is gone, so to say. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. You know, one thing that really seems to come out of the woodwork when an employee is terminated is all the negative feedback, right? <laughs> Somehow, some way, you know, other employees weren't voicing their opinions uh, it could be a, other employees, could be vendors, could be customers um, that kept quiet. And then when you make the decision to let that person go, then all of a sudden it seems like the floodgates open up and everybody's kind of sharing their experiences um, and their negative uh, feedback with you uh, while they're employed. They 
a lot of folks don't typically share that because you have endorsed them. You've got some type of allegiance towards them and you've, you've tolerated uh, what they're doing, whether it's underperformance or whether, like you said, it's attitude or other issues. Um, it has been tolerated. And so you've kind of put your stamp of approval on that individual. So people bite their tongues. And then once they're released, um, you start to find out that it should have been done long ago. Yeah, my travels, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, clients and different companies that are really starting to implement things like EOS and, and really talk about getting, you know, the right people on the, the right seats, you know, in the bus. And I, I think that's a major thing to really get your company running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, we're actually going through that process in my retail business right now. The Entrepreneurs Operating System, EOS, um, you know, as a group, our, our staff is reading the um, the traction book together and kind of breaking down step by step um, and remodeling our business, <laughs> so to speak. So, um, you know, there's a lot of value in that. And um, yeah, that, that will definitely reveal a number of tips on how you can go about doing that to uh, develop the right culture and, and get performance and high integrity in your business. Absolutely. And I, I got one more question on, on number five here, the procrastination with termination. Do you feel that when you get those first thoughts in your head that I'm probably going to have to let this person go, can you ever think of a time where you didn't end up needing to let that person go? Uh, no, <laughs> it, not for me. You know, it, sooner or later, um, it, it did, you know, arrive at a, a termination and, um, you know, just all of the, you know, all of the things associated with that that are uncomfortable, um, you know, cause us to procrastinate on that and um, you better just rip off the bandaid and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Cause I was just thinking back, I'm like, Hey, anytime I had to do that, I usually had a thought long before I ended up doing it and it probably would have just worked out better had I just moved forward with it right then instead of waiting or procrastinating. So awesome. That brings us to uh, number four, chasing new business before cultivating old business. Yeah. So we see that quite a bit. You know, there's been so much new business, you know, coming in that we have kind of neglected our databases. We have neglected follow-up with previously quoted business. We have neglected prior customers in some cases. Um, so there's a lot that can be done to cultivate and nurture the pre-existing relationships that we have, the pre-existing lead flow that came through the doors, but for one reason or another did not convert initially. There's a gold mine at most home improvement companies in those databases, and we have to do a better job. And, you know, prosperity breeds apathy. So, you know, when you've got the economy doing well, you've got stimulus dollars injected into the marketplace. You know, there's a tendency to chase the new business and forget about the old. Absolutely. And I know uh, a lot of times, you know, looking back at your, your database and previous customers and all that stuff tends to happen a lot towards the end of the year in that no November, December timeframe, even though I know a lot of contractors that that never touch their, you know, their database like that, uh, you know, which can interject some great business, you know, at the slow time of the year. But I've seen really, really successful contractors that, you know, touch their existing database, their existing customers, all that kind of stuff a couple of times a year, you know, two to three times a year. What are your thoughts on that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. You, you definitely need to be uh, touching them multiple times throughout the year. You know, obviously seasonality is a factor in people's decision-making at times. And so you want to maintain a dialogue with them and, you know, they, these leads have a shelf life. Let's face it. You know, some of them are going to buy from someone else. And so, um, you know, if they inquired in, in early in the year, they're probably going to make a decision fairly quickly. And so, you know, waiting till the end of the year to try to recuperate that business, it's lost, it's gone. There's, there's no getting it back. So um, definitely need to stay in touch more frequently and, and do a better job, you know, rehashing and, and resurrecting old inquiries and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I even like, uh, you know, scripting to go along with when trying to resurrect those old inquiries. A lot of time it's finding out that, Hey, they got the job done. Uh, but using scripting to quickly turn over, you know, and uncover if there's any additional need for something else that you may do, um, and have really good luck at, you know, setting old leads from two, three, four, five years ago that you're not even setting them for the original, you know, thing that they contacted you about, but just keeping in contact with them has allowed you to, you know, still get something from them. Absolutely. You know, those contractors that have a diverse product line, they sell multiple uh, projects, you know, they may do replacement windows, siding, roofing, you know, they may do bathroom remodeling, kitchen remodeling, gutters, gutter protection. All of those things can be cross sold, uh, cross marketed to your database. And a lot of times they're not even aware. Sometimes it's because your name is, is kind of uh, tailors towards um, one specific product. And uh, other times it's just simply they, they associated your um, your company with the initial inquiry and did not realize you offered other products. So definitely a huge opportunity to cross sell uh, when you have that opportunity. And kind of following up with that, I, I've always been under the belief, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way, that if you do go to launch a new product, that the first people you should be going back to are your previous customers. Without a doubt. You know, we, we experienced that firsthand. You know, we launched a, a completely separate bathroom division uh, last year, a um, little over a year ago now. And, you know, the first place we went was to the customer database. They are going to, um, you know, be the easiest folks to, to get a conversation started with. It's going to be your lowest cost of marketing. And if you are getting used to some nuance associated with this new widget that you're installing, you know, your past customers are going to be the most patient and understanding with any kinks or issues that arise along the way. You know, if you get into something new, you may not be as fluid with the installation and the entire process as you are with something you've been doing for years. So strongly recommend going to the database first before you get out into the marketplace. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, and so that brings us to number three, being one dimensional on inbound leads. Yeah, that, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, prosperity breeds apathy. You know, when, when the economy is Goldilocks, when people are trapped in their homes, um, can't go anywhere, can't really, not able to get out for entertainment reasons. Um, some, some states, people are having a difficult time getting out just to go to eat. And so, you know, people are really, the contact rate is great. People are home and, uh, you know, the home remodeling industry has experienced tremendous um, prosperity as a result of, you know, COVID and, and the stimulus dollars and everything else. And so um, that can make you weak, right? It can make you really 
one dimensional, you know, focused heavily on inbound marketing, the phones ringing, the phones ringing and all those things that you used to do to generate leads, whether it was home shows, events, fairs, festivals, knocking on doors, uh, stopping out at your installations to, you know, visit with your customers, you know, during the course of their installation or shortly after. Um, a lot of those things just aren't getting done anymore. And people are becoming very one dimensional. And if and when that slows down, right, and everything's cyclical, it's what goes up must come down. You have to be prepared and, you know, you have to have your culture set up to handle both types of leads inbound and outbound. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've probably taken 10 questions in the last month of this. Does canvassing work right now with COVID? Will they answer the door for you? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I think canvassing is something that's always been uncomfortable. Um, you have to get out there and, you know, really put yourself out there and face some rejection. Um, whether it's people not being home, whether it's no soliciting signs, you know, whatever form of rejection you may face, it's always been something that's uncomfortable. So any opportunity that people have to latch on to an excuse, they're going to jump on it. And um, we've seen it go on for decades. Um, it didn't take COVID for people to create excuses for knocking on doors. Uh, you know, but the truth is the contact rate, as we mentioned, is incredible. People are home. Some of them are bored. Some of them are, are looking for entertainment, looking for adult conversation. Um, you know, there's people that are really succeeding with canvassing more than ever right now. So definitely just your typical run-of-the-mill excuses and um, anxiety and uh, procrastination on getting out there. Uh, but you you have to protect your job sites. You should be, whether you're sticking post-it notes on the doors uh, or actually knocking on them and talking to to the neighbors, uh, you got to get out there and, and do some radius marketing and protect your job sites. If if you're not marketing around your job sites, somebody else is. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, in the last, oh, six weeks or so, I've been traveling, you know, every week I've been from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know, to the South, to the Midwest. And not once have I ever had anyone be upset that I knocked on their door, uh, you know, because when we go see clients, as you know, we a lot of times go out in the field and, and produce leads right alongside them and, and lead them and show them how to do it. Um, and I always say, hey, if someone's really worried about COVID, they just don't answer the door. Those that are real worried about it don't answer the door and that's it. And I, we get a much better contact rate than than we ever have, I think, at any time of the day, not just, you know, night hours, you know, the power hours as we used to call them. So. Um, definitely, uh, I've actually seen a, a good return, uh, not even just neutral. It's definitely in the positive direction. Absolutely. And that's what I meant by, you know, just one dimensional. We've gotten, um, you know, fat cat syndrome, as I like to call it, with the inbound leads coming in. And um, that can have a long term effect. So you, you want to make sure that you have some form of outbound lead generation in your marketing mix so you're prepared for any shifts in the marketplace. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. At some point, the phone's going to stop ringing. And if you're not ready to go, what happens then? Yeah, it may not stop ringing entirely, but it will slow down. And, um, you know, you, we've all built infrastructures to accommodate the current um, scenario, right? So we have salespeople, we have uh, installers, we have administrators. Everybody is is working to 
accommodate the current workflow. And when those inbound calls stop coming, we're going to need to find a way to keep our teams busy. And uh, you have to have some form of outbound marketing in your mix if you're going to with weather that type of storm. Yeah. And I'm starting to get some calls on, you know, a lot of areas uh, in the United States with events starting again, certainly not anywhere near where they were, uh, but they are starting to to come back and happen in a lot of areas and starting to get those calls now. Hey, you know, what do I, what do I do? I, I laid off my entire team or they got other jobs now, you know, how do I do that? And um, I've always kind of recommended, you know, at first is, you know, most of these companies are small businesses. Everyone's got to wear many hats. So if you got someone that can already outbound market, you know, whether it's a canvasser, a, a brand ambassador, a good caller that can make outbound calls, they can easily transition into helping you on the weekends, you know, when most events tend to be uh, until it gets more steady and you can create that event team again. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you've got to be versatile. You've got to be versatile. And, you know, a lot of companies have had their marketers, you know, work in different departments depending upon, you know, what's going on, time of year, things of that nature. You know, a lot of home shows require major staffing and things of that nature. So to to hire all new people strictly for a short-term event doesn't always make sense. You know, sometimes you just utilize your existing resources, and um, but got to get the job done. Absolutely. Um, and so that brings us to number two, the second biggest mistake that we see contractors making right now, and that is a lack of focus on reviews. Yeah, I'm. It never, it never uh, ceases to amaze me. You know, we get inquiries every day uh, from contractors all over the country, and and as you know, Kyle, the first thing we usually do is do a little background check on them to see if they're going to qualify to work with us and. Um, you know, one of the things that we often see in, in looking at their reputation online uh, is that there's a very limited number of reviews, you know, low quantities. Um, and oftentimes when it's low quantities, you know, you're, you're getting a mix of, you know, very happy people and very unhappy people um, because, you know, that's typically what happens. You know, the old saying, if, you know, if someone does a great job for you, you might tell one or two people, but if someone does a terrible job for you, you're probably going to tell a dozen people. And so, you know, the online reviews that are negative tend to be more prevalent. And if you're not on offense, if you're sitting back playing defense and, you know, people don't realize how much it will elevate your game across all marketing sources. So, you know, I liken it to the analogy of a rising tide raises all boats. You know, if you've got boats in the water and one of those boats is television, one of those boats is radio, one of those boats is canvassing, one of them is event marketing, one of them is SEO or PPC online, the better your reputation is, the more reviews you have, the better reviews you have, the higher performing you're going to have across all lead sources. And so it's so essential, it's critical in this day and age to have a proactive strategy for review acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, you know, venture to say that if you, you know, have 20 reviews and you're at three and a half stars on Google, um, before you do anything, you should focus on that because you're just wasting marketing dollars. I mean, if you run a TV ad, 
I think a lot of people are going to search you online and decide probably not to call you. And the same thing is if you got someone out uh, at an event or banging on doors somewhere and, and generate the lead, the first thing they're going to do is, you know, go see if you're a real company and who you are. And if that doesn't tell a good story, you know, you're going to probably be looking at high fall off rate, high cancel rate on those appointments, low demo rates, that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, Kyle. You know, it's very difficult for people to measure what they don't see. Um, very difficult to measure the phone calls that you don't receive. Uh, very difficult to measure, you know, the demos that you don't have. And so sometimes what happens is, you know, you generate a lead and, you know, you think it's a quality appointment. They go online and they see something that um, causes them to pause or hesitate because, you know, there's just not enough evidence of your uh, quality your, your reliability. And um, so they may send an email and, and cancel the appointment. They may call and cancel the appointment. They may choose not to confirm the appointment, but you have quite a bit of attrition and fallout because your reputation isn't up to snuff. And, and that's a difficult thing to measure. But what I can tell you is when you get it right, when the reviews are there in large quantities and they are um, high scores, you know, the phone rings, the advertising sources perform and they do it at high conversion rates. Yeah, I, I find it interesting. You know, I come down and work in your business, you know, three, four, five times a year just to, you know, as iron sharpens iron to touch base with you to continue to evolve and work on the programs that we bring to clients and, and get, you know, real infield data from that. I found it interesting when I was doing brand ambassador visits inside of your company and I would ask, you know, the clients uh, when I was sitting in their house, hey, you know, how did you hear about us uh, to begin with? And they're like, well, went online. And I got to tell you, you have more reviews and they're all five stars. And I thought, man, this is, this has got to be a great company. We didn't even call anybody else. And I'm really like, I didn't think, you know, when we really started working on all this, uh, obviously I knew it was going to help, but not to the extent that it did that, you know, you have calls coming into your business now that, you know, that say just that, like, hey, we, we saw you online, we saw your presence, we saw your hundreds of five-star reviews that you have. Uh, when can you come out, right? And what have you... Yeah, it, ha it happens every day over the phone. We've got <laughs> countless recorded phone calls where people are saying just what you described and, you know, people physically walk into the showroom and, um, you know, and ask for an appointment in the same manner that you described. And when that's not happening, um, you, you don't know what you're missing, right? And that's the issue with the folks out there. And that's why I think it's the number two mistake that contractors are making right now. And, and I understand why it's, it's invisible. You know, you can't measure the calls you're not getting. You can't measure the jobs you're not selling, but uh, I'm seeing what they're missing and uh, really want to encourage contractors to get on offense, be proactive with review acquisition. And I, I have kind of another side uh, to this point that I want to touch on is when you are being very proactive and going out good reviews, obviously that helps and can bury, you know, maybe a, a bad review here or there that you get. Uh, but you've had real success at, you know, 
taking maybe someone that's you know not the happiest uh, you know one two three four star review and and turning them into a five star you know review or getting the bad remove you know review removed completely. Uh, what are some tips or some thoughts on that that you can give out to the listeners that when you are being you know very proactive on this and you see that bad review come in, some things that you can do to you know to try to turn that around. Yeah, so you know, you're going to have some unhappy people from time to time. And the the key is how you react to it. You know, my mentor, one of many mentors in this business used to say, it's not the size of the pencil that matters. It's the size of the eraser that counts. Um, And, you know, that couldn't be more pointed when it comes to reviews. You know, there is an opportunity to reach back out to the customer, address their concern and rectify it in some way, shape or form. And once you do, and you could even ask them up front, if I make this right for you, will you go back and make it a, an adjustment to your review based on our performance in correcting the problem? Um, you know, we're a small local business. We're a local business. We, you know, we employ a lot of people here and they, you know, their, their livelihoods depend on our reputation. And so whatever we can do to correct your issue if you could, you know, do us a solid in return and, you know, help everyone that's involved because, you know, it's really in their best interest to, to be positive, right? You're getting a lifetime warranty on, on many of these projects or, or a long warranty, right? So their best interest, their vested interest is in your success. And you just have to share that with them that, you know, being negative and staying negative, it's okay to voice your concerns, right? But, you know, to, to leave a one-star review or that type of thing is kind of like a snake eating its own tail, right? You know, you really need to, um, you know, rethink that strategy when you've got a life of the home warranty on a project completed by the company that you hired. Yeah, I, I really agree with you. And I've, you know, seen you do some of that firsthand and, and just, I think so many Companies just think, well, oop, got a bad review. All right, well, let's work on doing better next time. And it's like, well, no, you can, you can get that changed. Usually, you know, let's let's work on that. Um, so it's it's good to see that you know you do that and you've had success with that. So that brings us to the number one thing that we see contractors doing wrong right now, and that is doing business in a bubble. And what do we? Mean yeah, that's that? right. There's a lot of contractors doing business in a bubble right now. Business is good, as we mentioned, and as a result, people are kind of staying focused on, you know, the business in front of them under their own roof. Um, COVID has eliminated a lot of networking that used to take place, whether it was just having lunch with other contractors or uh, BNI groups or, you know conferences and seminars, some of the major trade shows that are um, national, they've all kind of gone away during the COVID state, and they have caused us to kind of slide into our bubbles and really just kind of eliminated the networking, which can speed up the learning curve beyond your wildest dreams. You know, so many great tips and so much value come from networking with others in your business. You can learn from their successes. You can also learn from their failures. And we see a lot of people since COVID that have kind of retracted into their shells and sure they may jump on a webinar or some type of virtual event, but I think we all know 
when we log on to those events, while we're still in our businesses, we're so distracted. We're just not getting the value out of those type of events. They're not the same. There's nothing like being in person, face to face with your peers and, um, and, and learning the latest and greatest tips on how to be successful. Yeah, and I absolutely, I mean, I've always said when I've gone to seminars or, or different uh, networking groups like that, and, and yeah, you know, the speakers always bring great content, and usually what I learned at most of those was what I wasn't doing anymore. It's the little things that I was missing that I get that good reminder, oh yeah, I, I should be doing this, you know, with part of that, but I always said the most value I got out of any of those was the networking I got to do with other like-minded individuals that, you know, for instance, when I launched a Home Depot program, I reached out to the 12 or 15 people in my network that I talked to constantly with a quick email. Hey, who's in Home Depot? You know, three people responded, hey, we're in Home Depot. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, you know, who can give me their, you know, scripts, their numbers, what they're, you know, what they're experiencing. And, and like you said, that learning curve, I don't have to pay the dumb tax, as we like to say here. You know, I get it all from them. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's just tremendous value in you know, none of us is as smart as all of us, right? So, you know, just that brain power that you get from the collective group is um, is tremendously valuable. And um, that's why we're hoping to see you all at LeadCon, May 19th and 20th. Um, really excited about what we've got going on there. And it'll be a great opportunity for folks to get face-to-face and connect and network. Hopefully everybody's going to be vaccinated at that point. And, um, you know, as an essential worker in the home remodeling industry, you can jump right to the front of that line. Really no excuse not to get that taken care of if, if you so choose. Uh, don't let that be an excuse. Absolutely. And so that kind of brings us right to the, the last section of the show, Tony Powers, Powerful Point. What powerful point do you have for the listeners? Honestly, it's, it's to, you know, get out and network and now is the time we've been in a bubble for quite some time with the COVID and, and we're coming out of it now and really like to see you guys reaching out to your peers and, and learning best practices. Um, and so we're hoping that um, we get a, a nice crowd. We've got record registrations on several days um, so far for LeadCon in Orlando and we're excited about it and we're hoping to see a lot of you there. Yeah, and I believe we do have a few uh, sponsor tickets yet, which brings the, that cost from five ninety five down to $95, correct? That's right. You know, there's a, a large number of sponsors. We're very grateful for them. And they are all offering um, that incentive to reduce the ticket price from five ninety five down to $95. And, you know, there's only two things that will cause human beings to make change. That's inspiration and desperation. So I, I suggest we don't wait for the latter and we come get inspired and um, learn a few things and have some fun and looking forward to seeing everyone there. Absolutely. I can't wait to get down there and uh, just get face to face with a bunch of people trying to grow their business and learn how to generate more cost-effective leads. So Tony, thank you so much for being on the show today and look forward to getting back down to your business in a few weeks. And, and again, you know, uh, tightening up my skills on some of the programs that we offer. Uh, so have a good rest of your weekend and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you for listening to the lead gen leaders podcast for a free consultation on how Tony Hody training and consulting can assist with your home remodeling business. Please visit Tony That's T O N Y 
H-O-T-Y dot com. Thank you for listening.